amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. All right, Matt. So if a math teacher has five bottles in one hand and six bottles in the other hand, what do they have? Full hands. Uh. A drinking problem. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. (laughs) All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Hey, I'm doing pretty good tonight. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. I'm doing pretty good because we seem to have figured out our recording issues that we were mentioning that we had. So, I well, know. we didn't figure them out. It just stopped glitching. <laughs> it fixed itself. Yeah, which is so weird. I yeah. mean, if you're listening to this and you work for Adobe, y'all have been having some issues lately. And I, one of the issues is your tech support. I'm just going to, I have been hours on the phone with Adobe tech support. And they're on the other side of the world from us. And it, it, it was just a pain. Anyway, uh, before we get too far into it, I want to say uh, to go check out the Podbelly Network at podbelly.com. We're proud members of the Podbelly Network. And you can go on there and find different shows to listen to that you might not run across elsewhere. We're happy to be associated with these shows. And you'll also find some information on recording a podcast and uh, the kind of equipment you might need and the software and all that. So it, it's a good starter point if you're interested in that. So go over there at podbelly.com. We also want to thank tonight's sponsor, Raycon, and we will talk a little bit more about Raycon here in a little bit. Uh, while you're on the internet doing your internet stuff, whatever people do on the WWW is now, uh, go over to patreon.com slash graveyard tales and you can sign up to become a patron. And recently for this year, we decided to add the audio ad-free version of each episode to our $10 a month patrons. Yeah. So as a $10 patron, you can get the bonus episodes that we put out once a week. You can get the audio and video version of that. You can get the video version of the main episodes that we leave in the mess ups. And stuff like that, unless it's me getting up to go pee or something like that. I'll cut that out so you don't have to deal with that. But yeah, so see you don't my, have to watch it. Yeah, or or see my pale legs oh, and my so, short so shorts tired as I get of seeing up. Seeing that, Adam. Word <laughs> of God. Well, you know, you signed up for that, Matt. So they didn't. Uh, that would be the twenty dollar a month patrons that get to see the bathroom breaks. <laughs> um, but. Along with all of that, you can also now get an ad-free 
audio version of the show if you're interested. We also have one and five dollar levels, um, and they get the bonus episodes every week as well. Five dollar gets the video version of the bonus episodes. But if you're interested, you want a little extra Adam and Matt there, go over to patreon.com slash graveyard tales and sign up. And uh, we'd be happy to have you. Uh, it's because of our patrons that we can keep going sometimes, especially when we have these issues with the equipment. So if you're a patron, thank you. And just know that you really are a producer of the show. I know people say that, but you really are for us. You help keep us going and, and getting the show out to everybody. So we, yeah. we can't say thank you enough. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Matt, so let's take a second and talk about one of our longtime sponsors, Raycon. Now, the new year's here, and whether you're making big changes or just settling back into a consistent routine, chances are you could use some audio accompaniment on your journey. I know that's the case for me. It's it's crucial for me because we, around the holidays, kind of got out of going to the gym. Mm-hmm. Well, we're trying to get back into going to the gym we were real good about it last year so trying to get settled back into that gym routine and i know for me i cannot go to the gym i can't do anything at the gym without having my raycons in because i've got to listen to music and one of the the artists here i've been listening to lately has been hardy because he's got a lot of rock songs coming out with this new album and it's pump up and get going kind of music there and the Raycons are great because there's no wires hanging off of them they stay in my ear no matter what piece of equipment I'm using or walking the track or sit-ups or whatever I'm doing they stay in and I don't have to worry about sweating on them I don't have to worry about them falling out me crushing it underfoot and it's great sound quality yeah um Amanda and I both love our Raycons use them every day and hey, they're called the Everyday Earbuds, and they absolutely are for us. And Raycon's Everyday Earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. They have optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. And these earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge. Trust me, um, I, I have I have mowed the grass, sweat, you name it bend over been dragging limbs around in the yard they do not come out other pair that i've had i'm always having to find one out in the yard yep and the battery life is is fantastic raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32 hour battery life plus the price raycons are priced just right you get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. So if you've been on the fence about you know getting Raycons, just just do it. You won't regret it. The Raycon earbuds have these extra additional features like three customizable sound profiles. I listen to audiobooks a lot on mine. I can change what the how how it sounds just with by tapping the earbud because um, I don't want to listen to an audiobook at the same level with the same bass as I want to listen to ACDC 
Okay. Sure. So, yeah. so I can change it up so the sound is better. And and that's the other thing. All you got to do is tap. Tap that little button on the earbud. You know, and you've got full control. You can control the volume. You can control your setting. Uh, you can stop and start. It makes it so easy. And I like the fact that you can switch between the noise isolation and the awareness because I'll use them when I'm working out in the shop cutting wood and stuff mm-hmm. and I can put it on the isolation mode and I don't get the bleed in of the yeah, saw. Yeah. But I can switch it back up to awareness mode and I can still hear Ashley if she's talking to me. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So if if you want to be like Adam and myself and enjoy quality music at a fantastic price, go to buyraycon.com slash tales today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's right. That's buyraycon, B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash T-A-L-E-S to get 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash tails. All right, Matt. So that's all I've got for the housekeeping and stuff like that. So why don't you tell us, what are we talking about tonight, brother? Okay, so tonight, um, it, it it's kind of funny how this came about. Um, we started researching this and took a little bit of a different turn and then started mm-hmm. researching other ones. Um, we're going to talk about haunted school. Now, this all started because we were researching one particular haunted school. Right. And I came across other haunted schools so we've we've got a few to talk about with uh with you tonight um and it's i don't know it's it's kind of a it's it's kind of an odd deal especially for um the couple that are current active school right um right but you know i um i had the opportunity um to be in my high school at night with nobody else there. Okay. Um, it's gotta be creepy. Well, well, Oh, way creepy. And it (laughs) wasn't anything, it wasn't anything nefarious. I had permission to be there. Sure. Um, and it was me and, and and a couple other people. Um, but yes, it was absolutely creepy. And I, I can't really tell you why. I mean, a, a large empty building that's normally very active being dark, um, especially the gymnasium. Yeah. I mean, you know, a dark gym in a dark school at night is creepy. Um, so there is a creep factor there that I can't really wrap my head around. Um, but then to imagine that there may be some spirits roaming around in the hallways, uh, makes it even more creepy. Oh yeah. So um, so let well let's let's just get started. I you know I don't have to ramble on about this. Let let's let's talk about it. Adam's going to talk about um one of these schools, and then I'm going to discuss one. Okay. So uh, so let's get rolling, Adam. Who? Which school are you talking about tonight? Well, I will be talking about the Devil's School, which what? is the Jeez. <laughs> Yeah. The devil school, of course. You know, yeah, we, you got to jump in hard and heavy from the beginning. You can't, you can't slide into this topic. You got to <laughs> just jump feet first into it. 
Um, but as we always say, go check our sources down at the bottom of the show notes. You can find where we found all the information. Uh, people that go out and research these places are the reason that Matt and I can cover these. So we want to give them all the props they can. So go down into the sources there, the sources section of our show notes, and you can read along. But like I say, the Devil School, it's also, it was originally known as the Annie Little Elementary School, um, or as it was originally, originally known, the very first name of this, this school was Public School Number 4. So. PS4. <laughs> PS4. And it, I'm glad they added an actual name to it. Several years later, they called it the Annie Little Elementary School, and I'll explain why. But public school, I wouldn't want to be a kid going, hey, where do you go to school? Oh, public school number four. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I go to public school number two. Yeah. I mean, it just, it doesn't seem, <laughs> doesn't seem that cool. It's um, uh, it's not. I, I always think it, it, it sounds like a post-apocalyptic world, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it kind of does. You go to, you go to school number four, you, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) church number three, school number four. Where do you get your groceries? Uh, store 17. Oh man. That's that place sucks. And tell me about it. I went to store 15 one time and I don't want to go back to 17, but it's, it's, they won't let me out of my neighborhood to go to 15 again. So now, um, so the Devil School, like I said, originally known as Public School Number Four, changed its name to Annie Little Elementary School. Um, it is a school that's located in Jacksonville, Florida. So if you're from that area, you may know of this school. You may know the legends and stuff. It because it sits right off I-95 to the northeast, and it sits between uh, Chelsea Street and College Street, just a couple city blocks up from the St. Johns River there in Duval County in Florida. Now, this next bit of information actually comes from Save Public School Number 4 documents. That is an organization that is trying to save the school and rebuild it as a historical landmark. Mm -hmm. So they they have some history on it, which I thought was interesting. So we'll talk about that. It says Public School Number 4 started out as a small, boxy, wooden frame schoolhouse in 1891 called Riverside Park School. Now, along with the population increase, it installed many additions until it was deemed a fire hazard and was suited unstable. So in 1915, Duval County voters passed a $1 million bond to build more than a dozen new brick schoolhouses, public school number four being one of them. The new building was designed by architect Rutledge Holmes, uh, which that actually is funny. I don't know, Matt, have you ever seen the show Holmes on Homes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's all I could think of. This guy's an architect, and his last name is Holmes, and I'm wondering if he's related to that <laughs> Holmes on Holmes guy. Talks with that that accent. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> Wears the uh, overalls with a sleeveless shirt on underneath. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, he's, Which, got, he's got a look, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you you see him out, you'll know it's him. Um. But the Rutledge Holmes guy, uh, he also developed the Sweet Pete's Candy Shop on Hogan Street and the old Duval County Armory. Now, the school was built by the Florida Engineering and Construction Company, and it was completed in 1917. It's decorated with columns and cornices on three sides of the building, and its capital, 
typical of the neoclassical design. Now, this thick brick structure was created with the idea of being almost completely fireproof. So most of the building is poured concrete. So it's sturdy. Um, They said with the thought of the Great Fire of 1901 still present in the minds of the school developers, they wanted to make sure that this building could survive anything that life could throw at it. So, and it probably will. I mean, it survive hurricanes, tornado. This thing could withstand a lot because it's thick, poured concrete walls. Yeah. That's kind of, they don't build them like that, you know? Right. Um, I mean, they you say, know, I, the school I went to is like most is like cinder block, you know, yeah. pa- painted cinder block. Painted cinder block stuck together with chewing gum that was <laughs> not original. It was all the students sticking it up there that held it together. I, I always thought it was crazy how that the paint that they used to paint those cinder blocks. Mm-hmm. Um Cause you would, you'd get into old parts of the school. Um, and then you'd see where it would like flake off Mm -hmm. and you'd look and it'd be like so thick. Yeah. What is this? A quarter inch (laughs) thick paint. Yeah. Well, my school, my high school, when I was going there, they had, because we were kind of growing, it was a small town, but, uh, that was the beginning of the the boom there for Garland. And now it, it doesn't look anything like when I was going there, it's a big town now, but uh, the school had portables Mm -hmm. out in the back. So you had basically double wide trailers parked out in the back parking lot, the student parking lot back there that some classes were in. And it would, it was just always funny to me. What, uh, what's your third period? Oh, it's out in portable too. Mm -hmm. So you got to walk outside and into this trailer and take yeah. your class in a trailer, but it worked. I mean, I, we learned my, about health class in there. So my my oldest, yeah, you know, uh, she was she had classes in portables at one time too before they redid the the school where where she went. Um, right. So the younger kids all went through it. It had almost brand new school. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Now inscribed quote public school number four. On the capital of the building, this brick schoolhouse has been through a change of names over the years. Like I was saying, um, it was never really referred to. Like we were joking about saying, oh, we go to public school number four. People didn't ever really say that. Um, they, it was there, they said, rather to show that it was Duval County's fourth public schoolhouse. So nowadays we call it public school number four it's one of those things where when you look back into history you kind of assume because and we do this with ancient cultures and you know the mayans the aztecs stuff like that oh well this must have been called so and so and no they just called it bill and we've got this elaborate name because it had some writing on there so we call it that that's kind of what's happening with public school number four but they said it was just there to denote that it was the fourth school in Duval County. In the early life of the public school, it was called Riverside Grammar School. Um, and it was called that up until about 1950 when they renamed the school to Annie Little School after a longtime teacher and principal, Annie Little House. So that's how it got its name. They were honoring her because mm-hmm. she had worked there for so long. Now, 
From the late 1960s to the early 70s, the school was used as administration offices and a place for storage. Public school number four went up for sale around 1975 and briefly briefly became Central Christian School. Now, this would be the last time public school number four would be used as a school and has since sat vacant. Well, Annie Little Elementary became a hangout for local teenagers looking for mischief, this says. Graffiti artists flocked to the abandoned building to practice their skills, and rumors began swirling about what had happened at the school and why it was shut down. In 1995, a fire in the auditorium caused part of the roof to cave in, which added kind of to the urban folklore. Well, Annie Little Elementary became known as the Devil's School. Now, in 2000, Duval County designated Annie Little as a historic landmark. So they put up a barbed wire fence to keep trespassers out, and volunteers have begun making improvements. Like I was saying, like they're painting over the graffiti and, and replacing broken windows and stuff. Nothing, but, nothing makes an abandoned building look more creepy than a barbed wire fence around it. No kidding. <laughs> you try to try to keep people out so you can make it look better all the while you're making it look worse by putting razor wire around the exactly right now one of one of the reasons that it's known as the devil's school is because of the legends that circulate about the school and in what happened at the school while it was still operating as an actual school so we need to we need to look into the legends here. Now, apparently, hauntings began in the 1960s when a furnace exploded, killing half the students and a few faculty members and the janitor. So, ever since this tragic day, the ghosts of the victims have haunted the school buildings. Allegedly, the place became so haunted that teachers refused to work there and the school had to shut down for a brief period. A priest was called in to exercise the demonic spirit so the school could be reopened. So other legends that kind of surround that suggest that it was built on a, a Timaquan burial ground. Another legend suggests there's a portal to hell in the basement and another behind the stage. Two. There, two it's portals. Got two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two portals to hell. One in the basement, which I could understand, but then behind the stage is another one. Now, I say all that. But I, I'm going to I'll just jump ahead to something Matt and I were talking about before. That's all well and good. But if you look this up, nobody has actual stories about yeah. seeing ghosts there. Right. They it's, say it's haunted, but it, in fact, it shows up on lists of one of the most haunted places in Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which you it's know, the most in Jacksonville from what I was reading. And, you know, we've. We've talked about these lists before. Um, places make these lists for numerous reasons beyond being haunted. Right, um, right. You know, it, there's a there's a society trying to save this building. You know, it got it you know, listed as a historical landmark, and putting it on a list like this, or or getting it onto a list like. It gives a little bit of um, gravitas to the fact that it's still there. You know, it's, right. it it goes from being an old abandoned school that we don't use anymore and haven't forever, and it's just a home for vagrants 
um, to, oh, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's historical, you know, there's, there's such history and, and, and legends associated with, we can't get rid of it. So right. it makes it onto a list as one of Jacksonville's most haunted places, but n- n- Adam nor myself could find anything where it had been investigated, mm-hmm. um, where, uh, you know, former teachers talked about weird things that happened while they were there, former students, nothing like that. Yeah, nobody's um, talking about it. Yeah. So in the absence of that, these stories just become exactly that stories. Now, it doesn't mean that they're, you know, not good stories. <laughs> I mean, right. You know, people people get creative and then those things begin to begin to kind of take a life of their own. And you know, they're great stories. And I can remember numerous abandoned or old or just unoccupied buildings that had all kinds of stories linked to them with no evidence whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's kind of where we're at with this, but if all that, yeah, all that sounds bad, right? All, all the stuff I just mm-hmm. mentioned, the, uh, you got the explosion that kills a bunch of people. Then the school's haunted. It's supposedly built on a Timaquam burial ground. There's portals to hell. Well, that's usually all it takes and is the extent of what we normally hear about, quote, haunted schools, haunted buildings, whatever. Well, there's actually more with this school. Now, I know a lot of you are like me and can remember having that one principal at one of your schools <laughs> that was just awful. Yeah. You know, they, they were the meanest person in the school. Kids were always being reprimanded by them. Well, I guarantee you. Neither your principal nor my principal was could compare to the principal of this school. So according to the legend, the principal at any little elementary school was a cannibal. That's not, that sink in. Not, not something you hear too often about principals. No, <laughs> but according to the story, when students fell asleep in class, they were sent to the principal's office and were never seen again. This cannibalistic principal had a closet in his office that had been converted to a meat locker where the students were gutted and hung on spikes until he could eat them. Now, we don't know if any parents ever complained to the school board about their missing kids, but that's that's what the story is, is the, the principal was a cannibal, gutted him in his meat locker closet. And it usually only takes one, you know? Yeah. One yeah. kid just goes missing mysteriously from a school. And you now all hell breaks loose. That's a, but, I ate one kid and then I'm all of a sudden I'm a pariah and I'm fired from my job. Oh, you meant you're a piranha. That's what yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I meant. <laughs> now there's another legend about the principal as well. Um, according to this legend, the principal had been going mad from the stress of the job and was tired of constantly dealing with unruly children. So one day he snapped. And he went completely berserk. He went on a rampage through the school, murdering the children via blunt force trauma, leaving trails of blood in his wake. Now, they say it's curious that no teachers were victims of this vicious rampage, but maybe they escaped or maybe they were accomplices to these wicked deeds. Um, But either way, the principal, the legends say, were either he was either a cannibal or 
he just went through the school one day beating the crap out of all these kids and mass murdered them. So take your pick. I don't know which is worse. Well, you know, um, if something like that really happened in, in even the last hundred years, I think that the, the, the news coverage would have been ridiculous. Yeah. I was going to say, we, we should have heard about it if that were the case. (laughs) Absolutely. I would think, I would think. So as it sits right now, probably all just legend made up about this scary looking school. Now, while the cannibalistic principle is one of the most popular legends about the school, there's also another legend that says the janitor is the one who is committing the horrendous acts. Hmm. So a bit of this next part you'll remember from a minute ago, but legend says that the janitor would kidnap unsuspecting students and bring them down to the boiler room and boil them alive. Because what else is a boiler room for? I mean, that that's what it's for, right? That's exactly right. It, well, it's what I thought. It's a boiler room. Duh. I mean, now after so many victims, one of the students escaped, causing some of the equipment to malfunction in the ensuing struggle, which led to an explosion. The resulting fire killed multiple students and the school had to be temporarily shut down. When classes came back in session, the school was haunted by the ghost of the dead children. So some of the teachers were so frightened that they quit, unable to cope with the tragedy. While the story of the boiler room. Uh, the boiler room torturer and the exploding furnace are often combined. Many say they are two separate incidents where the explosion was unrelated to the evil janitor. Others say the attempted escape caused the explosion. So again, it's, it's legend, but I mean, whether or not this is strictly just legend, I think it's fascinating that people have come up with this stuff. Right. Yeah, what I mean, what would prompt these type stories? Because um, as we always say, there is a hint of truth within most legends. Yeah, you're so right. You're right. What is the hint of truth, though? I, I, yeah, who knows? Um, but there could have been a tragedy there. Um, they they could have had a, a child or children go missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if we're talking about you know the early early sixties or, or, or even before that, um, that might not be a story that carries over 50, 60, 70 years later. That's true. Um, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, if, if there were, you know, a series of, unfortunate events that happened around this school, then maybe people that grew up in the Jacksonville area around that time could recall, um, who knows? Uh, but I, I think you're right. I think there may be something that gives a little bit of truth and it just, just went out of control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, this next bit is according to Weird U.S., and they say the most realistic claim about the school building that has set abandoned for many years is that it was used for devil worship. Now, according to local ghost hunters who have explored the place, but not written anything about the place, (laughs) that's my editorial line in there because they say there are ghost hunters who have explored it. I say they have not put anything up 
in written form that I can read. So yeah, there there might be on YouTube there might be some short clips of the people hunting at the school, but I I didn't come across them easily. No, I do think there are at least one or two that I came across, but they're essentially um like urban explorers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're running around. They tell the stories. You hear them on the camera. But beyond just being a creepy place that they're exploring, and you see all the um the you know pentacles painted on the walls and um you know different different things like you know hell and an arrow painted on the you know and the graffiti and all that um it makes for a creepy vibe but nothing paranormal actually happens and as the case is with a lot of these videos you get in there and you've heard the legends whether you believe them or not but you get into a creepy dark abandoned school and you're seeing all these images and you begin to hear things and sometimes you wind up just scaring yourself right and that's true because there is a bunch of satanic graffiti that was scrawled in the the school there and i didn't really write this down but matt and i were talking about it so i figured i needed to go ahead and touch on it just briefly there is a story of a tree Mm -hmm. just randomly growing up in the middle of this school and you get conflicting stories because some people say it grew right in front of them and sprouted at the top. Others say it was just a tree. And that's my thing is if it's abandoned, we know nature takes back over and there could have been an actual tree growing in the middle of the school. And somebody just said it was a spectral tree, something, but it was just weird to hear about uh, a tree. I I know, but I, I did come across a few that said there were, there were no trees that were growing inside, but yet these mm. people that had gotten into the school, you know, swore that they was like, there's this enormous tree growing up in the middle yeah. of the school. And they're like, well, we were just in there. There's no tree. Um, yeah. And that, you know, the idea that this tree appears, you know, that's, I've never, I've never heard of a ghost tree before. Me either. Me either. But first time for everything. Now, as we're saying, the city doesn't really allow anyone in the building anymore, um, so you can't really go there to see if there are any spirits of the children that are still hanging around. Um, they got the big fence. They they put padlocks on the fence, and they're apparently doing this to keep homeless people from crashing there and to keep kids and adults, too, from putting any more graffiti on the walls um, because this group the save public school number four is trying to repair it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, before Matt gets into it, I just, I had to say, despite the fact that there were no actual recorded ghost hauntings here, besides people saying there are ghosts here, the legends of this school are really cool. And that's why when Matt and I were in the initial research phase and phase, and we didn't find anything, like well we still have to do this we still have to cover this school that's right because it's back to the um the cemetery that we covered 
it's on all of these sites saying the uh, Jacksonville's most haunted building, the most haunted building in Duval County. Yet there aren't any stories about it. And I think like Matt was saying, it may be a little cred for the building, but it's also because of these legends that circulate about this school that it gets put on the sites of the most haunted blah in blah town. Yeah. So as we said on the cemetery, don't take everything at face value. Right. Do a little research before you say, oh, I'm going to go to this haunted hotel that is the most haunted in Schmegmaville or whatever. Then, uh, then you get there and there's no ghost. Yeah, it's because it just looks creepy. So do a little research. But if you do the research, you may come away with some really cool legends like we That's did right. on the Devil School in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about a, a couple of schools that actually have some haunting activity going on. Gotta one up <laughs> me, don't you? Gotta have actual <laughs> ghosts, don't you? So, like I said at the <laughs> beginning of the show, while we were doing the research, um, I, I was looking at a particular high school in Alaska uh, that has some paranormal activity. And I'm collecting these stories, and then I realize I'm actually looking at two different schools. Hmm. Two different haunted schools in Alaska. That's, Which you don't think about that's that. Right. That's right. That's right. If, if, if you were going to go, Matt, uh, I want you to guess what state has the most haunted schools. Uh, Alaska is probably, it's, it's 49 or 50. It's down there with when it became a state. Okay. I yeah. wouldn't, I might not even, I might even forget to include it. Okay. I would be talking about Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, you know, somewhere like that. <laughs> nope. So Alaska's got two haunted schools. The first one is West Anchorage High School in Anchorage, Alaska. Now, this school was established as Anchorage High School in 1953 during a post-World War II boom period in Anchorage. Um, they, the story is that there is a lady in white who haunts the old auditorium of Anchorage West High School. Hmm. Now, it sits on the South Bluff overlooking Westchester Lagoon. Now, she has been spotted off and on for decades. Okay? So, I mean, we have eyewitness accounts of this. Sometimes she's just standing among the, the seats in the theater. Sometimes they see her running through the corridors. And sometimes she's lurking backstage or down in the in the basement hall. Now, uh, West theater teacher David Block told a group of his students, um, I've never, ever, ever seen a ghost here. Uh, he says, I can't even say that I believe in ghosts. He said, I've never seen her, but enough people have seen her that I have to believe that something's going on. Now, uh, the, the students, Block says, were just kind of in awe listening to this story. Um, but he says that the stories 
have a remarkable consistency. It's always a female. She's always very elusive, and she's always wearing white clothes. Now, a variety of people, school officials, students, visitors, have contributed to all the different paranormal reports. And some witnesses claim that they've never heard of any kind of West High ghost before they had their really weird encounter. So Uh that would eliminate the bias of, oh, I saw a ghost because you went in hoping that you would or thinking that you would. Now, another haunting at the same high school um, could be that of a former janitor, long dead, who has been seen persistently sweeping the lobby when no one should be there. Hmm. There have also been reports of footsteps tapping around the corner of empty halls, slamming doors, and light switching on and off. Um, so, you know, being in this school, you might not be as alone as you think, especially at night. Um, but it's this lady in white that, keeps appearing um the story says a few years ago a student stage manager saw a girl open an off-limits backstage door during a dress rehearsal and jumped up in exasperation when he opened the door into an alcove to confront her for violating the rules no one was there two assistant principals and a security guard were frightened when something in white flashed by them in the strange narrow corridor behind the balcony. Says to this day, one of those assistant principals will not talk about what happened. Absolutely refuses to discuss it. Oh, wow. And, uh, and Mr. Block even said, even I don't like going into the passageway behind the balcony. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is a creepy place, but I mean, if you're back there alone and something slides past you, that's old, weird. Old theaters are are spooky too. I mean, mm-hmm. especially at night when you're not. When, I I was I remember I was in a play in high school and we were we were rehearsing uh, at night and of course the lights in the theater were off. We had some stage lights on, but you'd look out there and you'd be like, "Man, that's weird." You know, it, it mm-hmm. gave you the heebie-jeebies. But um. One girl in uh, Mr. Block's class uh, raised her hand and said that uh, when entering the supposedly empty theater the previous year with a group, she spied a young woman wearing white clothes standing above them in the balcony looking down. And she said as soon as she asked her friend, do you see her? The figure vanished. Um, so the question was, did you know the ghost stories before I told them to you. Um, I being Mr. Block. And she's like, no, no, I didn't Mm. know. I saw this a year ago and I didn't know that there was a story of a, of a woman of a female spirit being here in the theater. Yeah. If she's being truthful about that, that lends a little credence to it. Yeah. Because if you're not expecting to see something and you see something, that seems a little more valid. Right. Now, the theater also has a basement vault, which was formerly used as the school's rifle range. 
and it's now filled with costumes and props. And a girl helping with a show opened a door into a tiny side room and was shocked to see a strange man glaring at her. She screamed, and when others came to investigate, nobody was there, or so the story goes. Um, Block said after hearing the stories, one student actually said, I'm dropping out of your class. (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, that's a shame. Now, Block says after that, the students followed him across the courtyard and entered the theater lobby. He said he unlocked the door and let them in, and the empty seats in the rows were well lit. They weren't creepy at all. Um, with uh, with partly completed seat sets waiting on the stage. Okay. Um, so he says, who wants to go and check out the balcony corridor? <laughs> 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 this says a few of them said, yeah, but the other was like, hell no. Yeah, I'd do it, man. If you gave me that option, I'd do it. But I mean, you and I are weird, so. But, you know, in a group, they decided that they would all go and went through a narrow door up 23 steps around the corner. And there it was, the haunted corridor. Says white walls and this weird sinister green carpet that curves relentlessly to the right. And you can't see the end, no obvious exit. So it just feels, they describe it as feeling buried. Yeah. And he said, Block told them that he had been alone in the theater and especially at night. And he's heard footsteps up here in this hallway. Wow. He says, on many occasions, I've called out hello, but no one is ever there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of fun. Okay. But the reports are so frequent that it just makes you think, yeah, there's bound to be something there. And, and theaters for some reason have always been tied to haunted old yeah, they really theaters. Have. I mean, there's an old theater that's haunted is all get out just five minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and there's one that we talked about doing that we'll still do, but, yeah, uh, we just haven't done it yet. There's another one in Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, theaters have that that kind of vibe, and you know, to be an active high school and to still have a haunted theater, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Now the the next one, and and this is this is pretty short, but I had to include this because the story is kind of cool. Uh, the next haunted school is Night Mute. Uh, school in Nightmute, Alaska. Now, if you look up where Nightmute is, okay, it's it's located on Nelson Island near Toxic Bay. Um, it's somewhat remote when you look at comparatively to the size of the state of Alaska. Right. According to the United States Census Bureau, the city had a total area of 101 Point five square miles. Oh, geez. And a population of just 306 people as of 2020. So this is a small town. And it's not exactly the place you would expect to find a haunted school. Or maybe it is. I don't know. But according to reports, there is the ghost of a little girl that's often seen in and around the bathrooms. It's been said that she flushes toilets and turns 
and turns the lights on and off like um, Moaning Myrtle uh, from mm, the Harry yeah. Potter movie. Okay. Yep. But this spirit isn't tied to just haunting the bathroom. There are reports of her wandering the halls and some report that they can hear her humming a tune as she goes. Now, there are also reports that if a basketball is left unattended in the school's gym, you can hear the bouncing of the ball echoing outside the hall. Wow, that's wild. So she'll bounce the ball. Now, I remember one of the articles said, you can hear her shooting hoops. And I was like, now there's a difference between a basketball bouncing and somebody shooting hoops. Hearing, hearing it bounce off the rim and yeah, that phone, long, long, long. That'd be that'd take a lot of energy, you know. Somebody mm-hmm. in there knocking down threes, you know. <laughs> yeah, dunking it. But I'll tell you, you know, if if you're a coach and you start hearing the swish, you got to think maybe maybe I can recruit this ghost. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> How can I make them? Uh, actually work on yeah. my team. Yeah. Mm. I, I need a good shooting guard. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the question is, why would the spirit of a little girl be haunting a school in a small town in Alaska? Maybe just maybe. And, and this is just a guess. So I preface this by saying, this is totally a guess, total speculation. Maybe it's related to the fact that they discovered a grave underneath room 106. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> it's just a guess, man. I, you know, I don't really know, but, <laughs> but you find a grave under the school. Yeah. It, you might have a ghost. Yep. It, it, <laughs> it would tell me that that's a possibility. Yes. I just, I'm reading this law and it's like, oh, there's a grave. I, so I immediately was like, huh, a grave. Guess what? I couldn't find any other info on the grave or this girl's identity, but it was just too good of a story to leave out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But again, this is the kind of stuff you would find. Now, that I would expect in a small town, you know. Mm-hmm. Some uh, an old grave is discovered underneath a school building that's been there for fifty years or something. Yeah, uh, okay. You know, this could have been, you know, anybody. It could have been a, you know, an an Eskimo from a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, uh, it, it would, it would make you think that if you had some haunted activity, that would be the source. Sure. Yeah. So, um, that, that's it, you know, haunted, haunted schools. It, it was fun. Um, you know, we talked about the devil's school, you know, it's a lot of legends, you know, we talked about these active high schools like West Anchorage high school that actually got a, a, a spirit in the theater. Um, it's, it's fun. It's fun to talk about and, and legends come up. I mean, I can remember being a kid at my high school, there were always stories cause my high school backed up to there were there were woods in the back of my high school and mm-hmm. everybody had stories there was an old house that sat behind their like old abandoned house you know you you were just forbidden to go back there it, for no other reason than it was dangerous there was a a small cemetery back there um that would have been like a 
a private cemetery on, you know, a plot of land. Sure. Um, the dates on the, on the, on the, the small little tombstones were, you know, in the 1800s, um, there was one there that everybody always got freaked out about that just said unknown. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, stories just came up, but then my high school expanded and, and pushed all that to the back. So (laughs) there weren't any more woods. Um, now there were, there were baseball fields and track and football practice fields and, and and all that stuff. And, and, and since I've been gone from there 30 years, there's even more stuff. So, sure, uh, yeah. you know, so yeah, you're just like, but it was fun and it was fun to kind of think about the potential. But I'll tell you this, if had anything paranormal happened at my school, that would have been the first place we blamed was there's a, y'all know there's graves like yeah. right over there yeah. in those woods, right behind the school property. At least it wasn't under the school. That's right. That's right. Wasn't under the school. But I'm interested if any of our listeners have hauntings from any schools that they've attended, because I guarantee you some of y'all have stories. So just let us know was, was the school that you went to high school, middle school, whatever, was it haunted? Or supposedly haunted. Yeah. And and you don't have to just limit it to where you went to high school or elementary school. There's uh, numerous old, old colleges uh, and universities around the country that um, could have some of these same kind of uh, experiences. Yeah. We um, talked about a couple in the listener stories. Yeah. For yeah. Christmas. Sure did. Sure did. Old dormitories and stuff that, you know, mm-hmm. so if you've got. If you've got a story from uh, from a school that you attended, uh, let us know. Uh, share it with the group, and that the best place to do that is in our Facebook group. We call it the Graveyard. Just go on Facebook and search Graveyard Tales, and you'll find it. Uh, thousands of members in there post daily, and we have a lot of fun. It's a safe place. You can share those kind of stories. Nobody's going to call you a whack job or anything else. We just all want to hear really good personal experiences because mm-hmm. there's nothing that makes me believe a ghost story more than than somebody that I can see uh, or, or somebody that I could say, yeah, I know you're not making this up. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I love this. I love this story. Um, so, yeah, please get in there and, and share those stories, share the jokes and uh, interact with that and myself a little bit. Um, and after you're done with that, you can go to our website, which is graveyardpodcast.com. And there you can listen to the show. You can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise, and you can become a patron. And we, uh, we thanked everyone at the beginning of the show for donating uh, to the work that Adam and I do. We sincerely appreciate it. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It brings us up the charts, but it just helps bring more people into the graveyard. So, until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon.
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks, then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.